guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus. Come on, we can, let's give Jesus. Oh, Woo, Jesus is good, y'all. Y'all can be seated. It's uh, my honor and privilege to uh, introduce to you, y'all, I don't have to introduce you, some of y'all may be your first time here, but uh, uh, introduce to you uh, Johnny Fussell. He's going to be, y'all know Pastor Johnny? <laughs> Pastor Johnny's going to be bringing the word today in his Mr. Rogers sweatshirt, sweater, it looks so good, but uh, we are so thankful for him. Uh, Johnny, we appreciate everything you do here. A lot of the t- things he does, he dots the I's and crosses the T's and, and uh-huh. He's the executive pastor, and uh, I'm just so glad you're executive of it. You know that. I don't know what that means, but, but he does a lot of things around here. We appreciate him so much. So, Johnny, uh, we bless you. Come on, let's give him, let's give him a hand clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I know the real reason why he wants me to preach is because he looks a lot better after I'm done. So next Sunday, you're going, where's Pastor Rich? So... Before we get started today, okay, started off great. (laughs) They're booing. (laughs) That's what I. That's what I hope for. Uh, Let's say hi to all our friends and visitors today. We have two visitors from Celebrate Recovery here with us today. Just give them a, a clap. It's great uh, to have visitors, see new faces, uh, see old friends, so thank you for being here today. How many have enjoyed the basic training series that we have gone through? That was just phenomenal. I loved it. I loved uh, everything about it. It was fun. It was encouraging. It was inspiring, and I'm going to build on that just a little bit today, but before we get started, what every good army needs is a battle cry. Are you ready? When I say pray it up, you say battle ready. You ready? Pray it up. Pray it up. Armored up. We are battle ready. Hallelujah. Once you're battle ready, you have to accept your orders and get on your mission. Lord's going to give us a mission today, one that every one of us can participate in. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's you, that's me, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's no detail God has left unattended that he hasn't provided for. Whenever we get into his word, we get into the body, we start praying, we start to realize all those resources that we have at our fingertips. He has empowered us to be the body of Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are on a mission today to take back souls that have been lost, confused, disillusioned, bound up, broken up. Jesus has taken all that back, and you're the member of his army that he's going to send out into that dark world. Amen. I just did all four points in my message right there. Good night. (laughs) 
the first thing you do whenever you go into the uh, a mission is you need recon. You need somebody to go in there and do some reconnaissance for you, give you the lay of the land. So we're going to get the lay of the land. Your enemy seeks to steal from you. Your enemy possibly might want to kill you, destroy anything righteous that you have built up. He roams the earth looking for his next victim. He's, and who's he going to look for? He's going to look for the one who's disconnected, who's not in the flock, who's not in the fold. He's looking for the one who's already starting to doubt, who's not praying, who's not in the word. That's the one he's going to get after. And that's what I want to bring your attention to today. We must be vigilant as we get into this war. But remember, your enemy is all bark and no bite. We always listen to the roar. Boy, am I talking to somebody this morning. There's a problem. There's a situation that's ringing in your ears right now, and you can't concentrate on what I'm saying because you're worried about what's waiting for you when you go outside those doors. Jesus Christ has provided a way for you, and he wants light to shine on that situation. He wants his power to flow through that situation. He wants to use you as a testimony to this dark world that you have the answer through Jesus Christ. Yes, he is weak, and he is a toothless lion, but what weapons does Satan use against us? The ones we make ourselves the ones that we forge in our own heart. What does that look like? I can only tell you my experience. I love YouTube, and I'm staying away from TikTok. Uh, but I love those little videos. And if you follow a video line, you can find yourself watching something there's no way you should be looking at. That's just my experience. And then I have a, uh, I have a decision to make. Do I continue? Do I say, oh, it's okay. It's just a little bit of skin, you know, it's not too bad. And I watch it. What happens? That's an invitation. That's a door that's open. I just opened up a door to Satan to come in. Oh, good, you gave me a weapon to use. Now I'm going to take that weapon. And I'm going to use it. I'm going to give you another video. You think YouTube and TikTok is in control of what videos come up on your phone? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but it certainly seems like the spiral goes down, not up. So those, you have to decide what you know in your own heart as what those, what those tools you are forging yourself in your own heart against yourself. It can be a hard attitude. Maybe you got everything together on the outside, but you don't have everything together on the inside. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's some unforgiveness. Let me just say, if you don't forgive friends, you don't have friends. People mess up. But if you allow that to stay there, what happens? It becomes a foothold. You've given a base camp for Satan to launch attacks against your soul. You can get in the middle of something glorious that God has for you, and your mind starts to go back to that base camp that you've allowed to be in your heart, and it steals away that joy. It steals away that victory that you've had in your life before. We need to get rid of that base camp under the blood of Jesus Christ, through the word of our testimony, through the word, through prayer, through being together. We get rid of those strongholds. We tear them down. 
In Isaiah 40, Isaiah 54, 17, it says, No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, even the ones we form ourselves. But if we decide not to use it anymore, that weapon is no longer going to have any power in our life. Once you have got your recon, need to check your weapons. What are your resources? You're not going to go into battle with an empty gun. Who would do that? Maybe somebody you know. Maybe your brother. He's dumb as a stone. He, maybe he's the one that goes out there with an empty gun. I don't know. He's the guy you always have to watch out for. But you don't go into battle without your ammunition. Know your resources. Jesus has pulled his teeth. He has overcome you are, more, you are a conqueror, more than conquerors in Jesus Christ who gives you strength. Jesus has healed your wounds. By the name of Jesus Christ, you have the victory. The lame walk, the blind see in the name of Jesus Christ, the deaf hear, the sinner comes home. How many broken relationships do you know of that have been restored? Maybe a restoration in your own life. Broken lives are mended. New starts are given. Yes, we have much to be thankful for. Give him praise just for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for 2022, whatever year this is. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and remember that nothing above, nothing below is going to be able to separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. When you're in the middle of the battle, you need to recite that to yourself. Nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Why is that important? Because your emotions will do a number on you. You've got to have the light of God's word in your heart to fall back on and recite. Speak it. Let your ears hear it. Let your spirit hear it. Let everyone around you hear it. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against me will prosper. He is my Savior. Nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing. That means nothing. That's how you pull those weapons together for your benefit. Another thing you have to do is get your moral compass straight. Now, this is something you have to do. You have to know where you're at, and you have to know where you're going. This is something I've prayed for for Amy hate to mention you during a service. I know she gets embarrassed. Uh, and anyone under my care, I, I pray that Jesus becomes their moral compass because life is a very confusing thing. Because when you're out there and, and you're dealing with life, you can get thrown off course. If you're in the ocean, you know what that's about. If you're a sailor, you know what that's about. You get thrown off course by a wave. But when you reckon yourself to true north, you make a correction to your course and you come back to true north. That's what Jesus is. That's what the word of God is. That's how we keep our compass straight. That's how we can navigate the waters of this life. In Psalm 119, 11, it says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you have it in your head, if you have it in your heart and you speak it from your lips, the word of God is going to be a light unto your feet and a light unto your path, and you'll know which direction to go. 
Uh, I love talking about all the pieces of the armor that we've done in basic training, and one of those pieces is the shoes of the gospel of peace. And one layer that we can peel back from that is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, when it says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's the gospel of peace, but how do we prepare the gospel of peace? You get the word in your heart so that you have something to fight with. I can give you the best weapon in the U.S. military's arsenal, but if you don't know how to use it, it does you no good. You have to know how to use it for it to be effective. The same thing is true with the word of God. Let us not neglect the hope that is so rich. How are we possibly going to have that hope if we neglect it? If we put the word of God aside, we have to abide in his word. And when we do, that's part of your compass. It's part of your true north. Another part of your compass is your will. Because your will will direct you. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm not a L fan. You decide for yourself which is correct. I'm not going to get in that fight. But your will has to be subject to the Father. In the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 5, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When we submit ourselves, our will to the Lord, he brings our will in line with his will. And that's part of our compass. Once you have done your recon and gotten your bearings, it's time to accept your orders. Are you ready for duty? Are you battle ready? Let's go. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Here it is. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded unto you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded unto you. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you... You shall receive power from the Holy Spirit when he has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's up to you and me to communicate to a lost world that Jesus loves them and that he has prepared a way of escape for them. This is your mission, should you decide to accept it, to go. Use your weapons and go to your neighbor. Go to your friend. Go to your city. Go to your... uh, county, then your state, then the nation, go. When's the last time we thought about a mission trip? You know what? There's a strange thing going on in the U.S., and you should know this by now, that when you step out your door, you can, you can see the world. You don't have to go to some far-off land. They're coming to us. A lot of people are upset about that. A lot of people are upset about that, but I'm, I'm like, good. I don't have to fly to get there. You know, they're coming to me. That's wonderful. That's an opportunity. That is an opportunity. That is time for us to shake loose, to realize what God wants us to do, find out what his will is, pack up our little bag, get off the couch, and go do something. Go, therefore, and make disciples and baptize them. We have to do more than just spread the word. We have to show them 
how to live. Much like the command God gave Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. It's our favorite command. There's also another command. Be fruitful and multiply in Jesus Christ. Go share your faith. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Teach them. Show them the way of Jesus Christ in your own unique way. Pastor Mindy and I were just talking this morning about how different people preach. And we, different people preach. That's Trey. You know, he's, he's, he's real, what's up, big church? You know, and I'm like, what? I can't pull that off. You know, Pastor Rich is real funny right off the bat. Pastor Mindy, she's all excited and everything. And then there's Pastor Johnny in his sweater. (laughs) Would you like to be my neighbor? (laughs) In... (laughs) Maybe we could edit that part out. I don't know. In your own unique way, just go and tell it. Whether you're wearing a Mr. Rogers sweater, you know what? There are people that will hear the message from Mr. Rogers. There are. There are people out there that go, he's different. (laughs) What's he saying? And that's just the light of the Lord lighting up inside of me. It's the same light he's lighting up inside of you. So just go. Answer that gut feeling in your stomach to say something. When I was 13 years of age, preacher's kid, uh, in Boy Scouts, I got kicked out of Boy Scouts, by the way, but let's, let's not get into that right now. Uh, I was on my way. Everyone else in my family are Eagle Scouts. I got kicked out. Why is that? I do know why. We won't get into that. We're on our way to Boy Scouts camp, and a friend of mine's dad uh, was driving us up there, out in the middle of nowhere. And my friend said, now look, my dad's going through something. And I know you're religious. Don't you love that title? <laughs> I know you're religious, and I don't want you to say anything to him. He's real vulnerable right now. Okay, I hear you. Message received. I get in the car, and it was obvious this man was dealing with something. He was struggling. It was on his mind. You know how those long car drives are. It gets into your mind. You start repeating it over and over again. And if you don't have Jesus, you're just left spinning. And that's where he was. He was just spinning out of control. He didn't have a light. He didn't have hope. He didn't have the word of God. He didn't have prayer. He wasn't connected to a church. He was just spinning out of control. And he was talking to me and his son in the back seat, and every time he'd say something to me, I'd look to him, can I? No, don't say anything. But he just said, no, don't say anything. So I didn't. I shut up. I yield to the roaring lion of fear. I shrank back in my back seat, and I did what I was told. Come on. Then he was listening to the radio, and a Beatles song, Live and Let Die, came on. You remember that old song? Live and Let Die. Sorry, Ed. I'm going to slam your song. Uh, He's listening to this song, and he had been struggling, and I could just see him give up right there listening to that song. And he said, you know what? That's what it's about. 
just live and let die. There's nothing more. There's nothing less. It's just this life and that's it. I should just let, let live and let die. Well, the reason why I remember that moment so well is because a week later, that man was in a car accident and died. When I heard that, a wave of guilt just flooded over me. I knew that that was the last spiritual conversation that man ever had. I was the last person on this earth that had the answer that he talked to, and I shrunk back. I didn't say anything, and I did what I was told. There's a price to be paid for that, and that man paid it. And that hurts my soul. And that's why it's so important to know that we are not guaranteed another minute of this life. That when we close our eyes, our life is over. And we might be the only person that has the message of Jesus Christ that they're going to hear. And we must not shrink back from what God has called us to do. He hasn't called you to be anybody else. He's called you to be you with your message, with your story, with how you say it and when you say it. Everything about you, how you look, how you walk, how you talk, Jesus can use that if you open up and say, send me. I'll go. I'll go and make disciples. I'll say something because this world is dying and they're going to hell and they need us very badly. You're going to have to praise the Lord for a second while I log back in. Okay. <laughs> he told us to go and also to baptize, not just to lead them to Jesus, but show them how to live it out in their life by you living out your life next to him. Encourage them to walk out their salvation. What does that mean for them? Because they have unique problems, and you have to be open-minded enough to know that Jesus is working on those problems, and you're not Jesus, but you're going to walk out your life and show him the light and love that you have in, in your own life, and they're going to get a clue from that. They're, they're going to connect with that. The Holy Spirit is going to bring that to their mind and soul. Look, Johnny did it this way. Maybe I should think about that. Maybe I should do that. One of my favorite, well, before I say that, uh, making disciples, uh, that root word means to come alongside. And that's the essence of discipline. That's the essence of discipleship is not just to send, go, direct, to teach, to lead alongside, to come alongside. That's discipleship. All you have to do is reflect on your relationship with Jesus. Is that how he talks to you? You better believe it. He comes alongside and he nudges you and says, hey, do you really think you should have said that? No, but no one's watching now. Yeah, but it means something to them. So you need to go apologize. I don't really think that's what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah, you need to go apologize. I'm going to ignore you right now. No, uh, I'm going to do something else. I tell you what, I'll listen to a Christian music song, and it'll drown your voice out, and then I won't have to do what you're telling me to do, and then you realize, okay, if I'm going to be at peace here, I have to go make this right, and that's how the Holy Spirit leads us. That's the spirit that he teaches us in, and that's how he makes disciples. 
We need to pass on the power and the good news that we ourselves have received from the Holy Spirit. This is not just about you, but it's about you and everybody else. It has to not stop with us, but continue through us to somebody else. I tried to explain the need for salvation to a neighbor's grandson in Las Vegas one day. And I described it as a train in the middle of the valley at a train station. And Vegas is basically a bowl and it's a big valley. And so he understood that, that it was a valley. And I told him that it was like a train. Now, anyone can get on this train. All you have to do is show up. It's a free ticket, but it's going to get you out of danger. There's an army coming that's going to destroy us. And we need to get on that train. Now, when that train starts to pull off, there's no extra stops. There's no late boarding. Once that train starts to move, those doors are closed. That's why it's important to make your decision now. Am I going to go down to that valley and get on that train and be saved? Because once my eyes close, once Jesus comes back, that train has left the station. That's why it's so important to make that decision now. Another thing to remember while you're on your mission is to stay focused on your mission. I don't know how many times I have seen someone come to the Lord. They're on fire. They want to be at every event that is happening in the church for six months. And then after six months, something's happened. They got disconnected. They're disillusioned. They're disappointed. They start backbiting. They start doing this. They start doing that. Those old sins start to creep back. And now they don't have the power to overcome them. And then they fall away. That's when we need that shield of faith up over our face that will protect us from those fiery darts of doubt and trust that God will give us the answers. That's the whole point behind the shield of faith is I don't have an answer for that doubt, but Jesus does. And I'm going to trust him and I'm going to keep on walking and he's going to make himself real. He's going to teach me something through this circumstance. Our standing orders in life are basic. Go, therefore, and make disciples. But if you have something that's troubling you and you don't know what to do, I have a life verse that I would like to share with you, and it's Micah 6.8. It's do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. If you take just a moment to contemplate that while you're making a decision, you'll realize, am I Am I doing justly by this person? Am I doing right by this person? Am I loving mercy? Am I trying to find a way to show mercy? Yes, I'm right. They are wrong. That's where mercy comes in. Unmerited grace. Unmerited favor. That's what grace is about. And then walking humbly with your God. To me, that's taking a moment. That's pausing. If I'm in the middle of life, something happens, somebody pulls in front of me in traffic, and they cut me off, if I take a moment, if I take just a moment, I realize what walking humbly with my God looks like, and it's not getting into a car battle with this person, because I'm good at it, by the way. I'm very, very good at it. I've had to give up on it because it put me in harm's way and others, but don't do that. I'm a living example of a traffic junkie who has come to terms with their habit, Pastor Mindy. (laughs) 
<laughs> that will solve 90% of your questions. Jesus gave us something else in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 12, and he said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's going to solve 99% of your questions as are you acting out of love? These are our standing orders to effectively reach this world. Are we loving them? How can I show them love? And boy, doesn't that have an application in each and every one of our life. Uh, application in the church. Application outside the church, at work, at school, in your relationships. Boy, does that have an application. Love one another. Stop talking about he said, she said. Get away from the drama. I know your ex is going to say something, and it's bad. You have to trust the Lord with what that dirty dog just said about me. Say, Jesus, I know he's saying that, but I'm going to put up my shield of faith, and I'm going to trust you with that dirty dog because you're my answer. You're my light. I'm not going to let it be a base camp for Satan to send thoughts of hate in my life and derail me from the purpose that you've sent me. Another key is to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. It's a part of your will. What are you seeking in this life? A lot of people have climbed the corporate ladder only to realize that they have climbed the wrong ladder. We need to get focused on Jesus Stay focused on Jesus. Remind ourselves in God's word what we have in Jesus and his Holy Spirit. And you know what? We're the victors. Do you know that? We can start acting like we won this game because we did. As Trey would say, what up, big church? <laughs> he is much cooler than I am. Anyway. Your heavenly Father has your back. You can do all the right things, say all the right things, read the right scriptures, pray all the prayers, and it still goes south. That's why we call in air support. Whenever you're really deep in trouble, what do you do? You call in air support. Your heavenly Father has your back and will dispatch those heavenly stealth bombers to that unseen enemy and defeat them, push them back and defeat them because you are his. He's going to protect you. He's going to be with you. He's going to empower you, and he's going to steady your hand so that you can do the work that he has called you to do. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual, meaning effective. Fervent, meaning constant, deliberate, and unending. Prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. It has an effect. It has an effect in your world. There's a lot in this world that I can point to that answers to prayer. People that have come to the Lord. People that have been saved and delivered. Healings that have happened, even to unbelievers because they've been prayed over. That's the kind of power you and I have. Whenever you intercede on your knees, you see God's hand move. We're going to be talking about intercession on going deeper the third Wednesday December 22nd, talking about intercession. I'm going to be talking about that with uh, Tommy Williams. Where are you at, Tommy? Stand up for a second, Tommy. 
He is a great teacher. Give him a hand. Thank you, Tommy. He and Pastor Rich and I will be talking about intercession. And if you're serious about prayer, I want you to be there. I know it's Christmas week. It's an hour long, but it's, it's believers who come together and share their experiences. And intercession is a very important battle because you're fighting for somebody else, not just yourself. Because the kingdom of God is about reaching out to the person next to you, not about just staying alone. Remember the parable of the 99 and the one? Jesus left the 99 to go get the one. There are ones out there that need the 99 to scatter and go get them. Briefly, I'll share with you why it's so important. When I was a teenager, long time ago, stone, stone lost jeans were in back then. <laughs> I had a braid behind my ear. I think I mentioned that before. It's the age of, let's try this with your hair. See if that works. Anyway, he gave me a vision of what hell, how people got to hell. As a teenager, we had listened to a rock concert at school. And we were all excited, but they were like evil ideas. That night, the Lord gave me a vision. I was at the same rock concert with my friend. And he pointed to the door, and we all ran to the door. We were glazed. We weren't thinking. We weren't logical. We were just impulsively driven to that door. We went through that door, and there was another door. That door opened, and I could see flames of hell. And I could just see them streaming, streaming into hell. My eyes were cleared, and I realized this was wrong. They've fooled us. They've lied to us. So I climbed back out. I didn't get all the way in, and I saw my friend coming with that same glazed look. And just as he jumped, I grabbed him, and I pulled him back in. And we started walking back to the auditorium. Then I started listening to the music, and my eyes started to get glazed over. And I started to go back to what he had just come from. And then I jumped, and he caught me. He caught me. The one I had just helped, he caught me. Don't you know that is the kingdom of God? Because we can be going in the right direction and then stumble ourselves. And we need our brother. We need our sister, who we ourselves have helped to come get us, to rescue us. It's about us coming together with that mindset. We are in a battle, and we need to intercede for each other. We need to rescue each other and get off the couch, go out of our comfort zone, and do what God has called us to do, not what we think we should do, but be open to his spirit. We have the light beating in our chest, and we shouldn't hide it under a bushel, but we should put it on a lampstand. That is not our culture. But we need to put our light on a lampstand, whatever that means to you. That's why Jesus called us the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden in Matthew 5, 14. So let us shine brightly. Get your bearing. Make the way, the truth, and the life, the way, the truth, and life again. Purpose in your heart, I missed it, Father, but I need to get back into you. I need to use the weapons you've given me. I need to focus because the, the need is great. If you would stand with me.
going to open these altars. If the prayer team would come, if you would like to talk to a prayer team member and have them agree with you in prayer about something that is going on in your life, these are the people that are going to reach into those hell flames and pull you back out. That's what the body has been called to. We're going to give you a moment. If you'd like to activate those orders, uh, these this is open right here. Just spend some time with him. Reactivate those orders that God has given you. And may you be blessed today. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.